0: Hello, 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 and bonjour, and welcome to the Café du Souffleur. How is everybody? Did everybody have a good Easter?
1: Yes, it was a lovely day. I'm happy to see Joni, and I'm happy to see Lorraine joining us on this beautiful, at least it's sunny where I'm sitting from, although it's very, very windy in south-central Pennsylvania. Sonny and Wendy here, how too. How are things in, in the city of brotherly love?
0: Um, crazy. Villanova won an <laughs> NCAA, so everybody's nuts. They're I'm having, sure. They're having the parade tomorrow. At, uh, I forget what time it starts, and it starts uh, around 20th and Market Streets and goes down to Dilworth Plaza at City Hall. So we wow. will uh, be avoiding that, but... <laughs>
1: But, That's going to be amazing, though. Yes. So exciting for the city of Philadelphia to have two parades for championships within the first couple months of the year. It's Isn't very cool. Right? Isn't
0: that right? And Jay Wright is such a nice guy, and he deserves everything he can get, so we're happy about that. I bought my granddaughter a Villanova National Championship shark today. Aww. Yeah, I'm sure that'll go over real well at
1: home. <laughs> <laughs> but so. that's her heritage. That's, that's true. You know, that's your true. family has so many connections to Villanova. Yeah. Um, so that's exciting. And Lorraine said it's very windy there, too. Yeah. I'm sure it is, Lorraine. I think it's all over the place. And Joni said she had a very nice Easter. Thank you. Hello, S.C. Hi, Martin. Hi, And, uh, yeah,
0: so it's... Uh, at least we it, the rain got let up really early, so I'm happy about that. But I I understand that the S word is co- is due to come in again soon, so I And not it's not as it. <laughs> far?
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. It's so Ugh. it's so disheartening. Yes,
0: especially at the spring. So Mhm. Oh my. So other than that, Easter was good for you and your family.
1: Um,, uh, actually, Easter was uh, I think the word I've been using is bittersweet this mm-hmm, year. Mm-hmm. Um, just as background, I actually have uh, usually celebrate two Easters because my father's side of the family, and I am uh, celebrate American Easter uh, because I'm Catholic, and my mother's side of the family is Greek Orthodox. so, We get double the candy, as we always used to joke. (laughs) Um, So we're actually doing our big celebration this year um, on this coming Sunday, um, Orthodox Easter. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's bittersweet because my very dear friend of many, many years, uh, who is the artistic director of the dance studio that I attend, who I've known, literally I took dance classes there on and off since I've been uh, almost 16 years old, uh, uh, passed away from cancer on Easter Sunday. Oh, so so sorry. Uh, it was very sad. She was a very private person. Um, so a lot of people weren't aware of her illness that she's been battling for a couple years now. And uh, it's just, it's heartbreaking because she was too young but um, I'm grateful that she's not suffering anymore and grateful that she's been in, in our life. Um, she, the dance studio is celebrating its 35th year this year mm-hmm. and you know she's, she's affected hundreds if not thousands of people's lives. So um, with her artistry and her choreography and her support of uh, the young dancers as they've matured and grew, um, so it's it's a great loss for our community, um, and tomorrow's the services. So, I'm so like sorry I said, if... it was a very very uh, bittersweet uh, holiday uh, this this past weekend. Mm-hmm. I, so can you, I can imagine. Thank you, Lorraine. Thank you. Yeah.
0: So, <clears throat> I have a few announcements. Very good. Um. We have uh, the Gabriel's Inferno fan podcast that was scheduled for this Sunday has been canceled. I don't know whether anybody saw that or not, but they're going to be rescheduling it on April 15th at 5 p.m.
1: Oh, good, good. Yeah.
0: And Trilogia de Gabriel, uh, they'll be on Saturday at 3 p.m. Mexico time. They're doing El Ecstasis de Gabriel and mm. Nights in Florencia will be back on Saturday. I'm not sure the time I think they usually come on anywhere between three and five in the afternoon, I, but I'm, I'm not sure a hundred percent.
1: And but, is that three and five New York time? New York time. Yeah.
0: Okay. And they're doing, um, a judgmento de Gabriel. Uh, nice. yeah. Yeah. And SR is telling us that good news is coming. He says there's some really good, interesting news for the international readers coming. Um, what that is I I'm, I'm touching wood for certain things but I don't want to jinx it and he's also uh writing the an, a novella for uh the Gabriel series um uh, so it'll be a fourth you know for like a fourth book for that so
1: it's exciting it's very exciting I'm I'm really thrilled that he's writing a fourth book and I yeah. think it really is probably in response to the love of the characters that uh, the readers have shown. Mm -hmm. um, I really didn't think he was going to write a third book. Um, You know, because initially, uh, from my understanding, the the vision was only two. And the fact that he wrote a third one, I thought was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And honestly, the fact he's writing a fourth one just makes my heart sing. so yeah yeah. i think there are many many stories and many many storylines that are left to be told um with that those characters so Mm -hmm. i'm very excited and hello sean 90 and hi i know lorraine said she's so excited about the Mm -hmm. gabriel four and so are we yes yes and i I know that
0: He's been also been answering a lot of Twitter questions about the man in the black suit. If that's going to go on, and he keeps saying he's been hearing some, a lot of good things. So we'll see.
1: Well, and I think I mean one of the weeks um, that you and I were speaking, Pam, I, you and I can envision this particular series going almost indefinitely. You can take this a lot of different directions because it's almost like a James Bond type of uh, serial or a, mm-hmm. a uh you know jason Bourne, um and lorraine asked do you think there will be an audiobook there wasn't one for the prince and i'm guessing it's because it was a novella good question lorraine i yeah. i'm thinking there will be if it's a full full if book if it's a
0: full book it might yeah i know that the the prince that was uh without the audio i mean it, you know, I, and, and without a hard copy of the book, too. I know that there is a hard copy for The Prince, but it's in, I think it's in Spanish and in Portuguese. But it's mm-hmm. not in, uh, not a hard copy in the English version.
1: So, I wonder if they will re-release it at some point and have them all together. You know how sometimes yeah, they do, they like do that? Like what they did
0: with the Gabriel series, you mean?
1: Mm-hmm. I yeah. asked
0: him that question um, a while ago. And, I, you know, in a chat, I think it was in one, when he was promoting The Man in the Black Suit. And he said that the publisher hasn't given him any indication that he's going to be, that they're going to be doing that for mm-hmm. the Florentine series. So,
1: uh, who knows? Frustrating. Who it knows? Frustrating. And Lorraine said she would love to get a hard copy of The Prince. I would too, Lorraine. I was actually, I have to confess, I was... Um, I was telling Pam before the podcast started that I actually need to buy a hard copy of The Man in the Black Suit, as well as the Florentine series. I I've really gone the way of the e-reader, um, first by necessity um, and then by choice, uh, but I like to have my favorite books in print as well. And I cannot believe, sitting here today, that I still don't have those books. (laughs) I have the entire Gabriel series, obviously. Um, In fact, more than one. But I still need to do that. So I would love to have the prints as well. I love that it's such a transitional. um, I love how it bridges Gabriel Gabriel series with the Mm Florentine series. I just think it's a wonderful... uh, It was a a very creative... um, way to introduce the new series and I think SR did a great job with that. Um, Lorraine also said it would be great if they made a nice box set of both Gabriel and the Florentine series.
0: That would be very nice. That would be, that would be nice.
1: nice. I would like that under my Christmas tree.
0: Well what I keep asking is if he's going to be doing any signings uh, for Pages. Um, yes. Which is out in Long Beach, California and, and I know uh, that's how I've gotten a, a few of my books what it, what I tried to do with all the books was to get a signed copy so when they were offered through Pages, I would buy the signed, you know, have
1: them sign a yeah.
0: copy over for me. And yeah. uh, so I've got, um, I I didn't do that with Gabriel so much, but I did it with the uh, Florentine series, but he hasn't done the Roman. So I've got actually three ravens, two, two shadows, and one <laughs> Roman. And I only have the three ravens because I forgot that I'd already bought
1: one. So I love it. Yeah. But the man in the black suit, I really need, I desperately need to have that mm-hmm. in hard copy. So, and don't get me started on my desire to see these in with a hard cover. Oh, that I mean, would be even
0: better. That would
1: be even that better. would be fantastic. But that's it's such a different world now in the printing uh, industry. Mm-hmm. That that would be a very far cry. I think we'd almost have to self-publish to get the hard copy, the, yeah, I think the hard cover. Extent,
0: now, I know that uh, Deborah Harkness, who did the um, All Souls trilogy, mm-hmm. she, she does have them in hardcover, and so does Erica um, E.L. James has them in hard right. as well. Right, But, um, you know, I, I'm just happy that I have a physical book to hold on to.
1: <laughs> I agree, I agree. And Lorraine said she loves how the books connect. And yes. that she wants a hard cover, too yes right I mean that would be so nice to have on the bookshelf wouldn't it Uh, yes and I just think the feel of the cover I know it's I know it's very old school but no there's nothing um, about, I've, I've not I I even. love that I even go although I have to say like I though. said I, I'm a reader I mean I use the e-reader I mm-hmm. had to by force of breaking my wrist and not being able to hold my books correctly mm-hmm. um, and Mother's Day I 2015 my family bought me an e-reader and I haven't gone back there you go so I never thought I'd say it because I love paper I love the paper books but you make
0: my my sister uh she refuses she'll only buy the hard or buy the books because Mm -hmm. just she she just she needs to have the physical book in her hand of course the way my sister reads books she'll read about 10 pages put it down and go to another book and read it you know she'll have three or four different books going at one time
1: I know I'm I'm curious anybody in the chat room do you guys do that do you read more than one at a time or are you one one at a time readers I'm always fascinated to hear what people do yeah no, um, I do
0: I you know I am reading the Abelard and Heloise uh, letters right now, which is great because you can put them off at a certain point. So.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, Lorraine does Lorene that. says she
1: does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was curious. I usually stick with one book, um, but it depends. I mean, sometimes I, I, Pam and I both share a love of history and nonfiction as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes I'll read a nonfiction and a fiction, but I don't like flip around usually. Mm-hmm. And Joni says she got the man in the black suit for when the power goes out and her devices won't charge. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you you have satellite issues or uh, satellite issues, don't you, Joni? I, I I thought I read something like that on yours at one point.
1: Uh, so. Lorraine says she's reading two books now and listening to an audio of another. Oh, that's will, true. I've done. I've I will done listen the different to audio books. Yeah. I, I will do that. Um, I, yeah, I have the, Outla- not...
0: the Outlander series in audio because I just. Uh... Ooh. Yeah, yeah.
1: And I, I see yes. Judith has joined us. Hello, Judith. Hi,
0: Judith. And thank you so much. The for creator of great edits. Created edits today. They were great. Thank you so so much. So. And so,
1: Joni also says sometimes she reads more than one at a time.
0: Yeah, I think I very think it, cool. Yeah, I think it's. You, you, I just can't do the four or five books. at time because it just mm-hmm. that would confuse me too much and then I and then I'll forget one and not pick it up and have to restart it again at another time
1: mm-hmm. so. well I also a lot of times love to immerse myself in the character and the book itself in the setting um mm-hmm. and it's easier to do that if you just focus on one or focus on one series. With the whole, the whole world that's created by these authors, and mm-hmm. I'm always so amazed at it. Mm-hmm. We we always talk about how great SR does, um, does it in terms of bringing us along into the story. Um, so it's wonderful. And mm-hmm. Lorraine loves the edits as well that Judith does. And Joni says she does have satellite issues. <laughs> we,
0: feel so. pain, yes. we feel your pain, Joni. We feel
1: your pain so I think now's a good time to start our uh, turn our attention to chapter seven Mm
0: -hmm.
1: of our beloved book that we're discussing the man in the black suit sounds good to me and you know we begin the chapter with Acacia and the first line is Acacia was cautious you you can already tell this is going to be an intense kind of chapter Um, she is worried and because she had been warned by monsieur Roy to be careful with highly valued guests as you remember she was reprimanded um and her job more or less was on the line because of the way she treated monsieur Breckman Mm -hmm. and so she was trying to play it cool um be very discreet and being you know very uh showing a lot of poise acting as if nothing was wrong as she changed into her clothes she checked her backpack to make sure she had marcel's journal Uh and she very um carefully walked outside um to the alley to make a search for the paintings um that were stolen um she, she was trying to be calm and cool on the outside but inside she was a nervous wreck. Mm-hmm. Um, she had checked her backpack and made sure she had Marcel's journal and was very eager
0: see what she to could go find. through
1: and see what she could find. Um, she was doing searches on her phone trying to track down exactly um, what she could learn about this issue. And I'm raising um, my
0: hand. I did that this weekend. This weekend, <laughs> <laughs> did you? I did.
1: Very I good, did. Pam. <laughs> um, she was cu- curious if this is what Monsieur Breckman considered to be creative. Um, was this why Monsieur or Marcel was attacked? Um, you know, she, she was very concerned. Um, She caught a glimpse of the painting in his suite, but her memory seemed to match the image that was on her phone. Um, She took a lot more time searching, learning about the stolen artwork. um, And it had appeared um, that there was no news to find. Um, She knew that Mars Breckman was leaving in the morning, but what if he left sooner with the painting? she also was telling herself that she was a concierge and not a policeman um and she knew the theft had been a national scandal but could not let a rich businessman leave with one of france's national treasures um she just needed to find a way to report him um without making herself conspicuous yeah she's like really stuck there she is she is and i you know I like the way her thought process, I like the way SR had kind of like her, it's almost like her conscience or her inner voice is uh, depicted in uh, italics, mm-hmm. you know, you need, I'm a concierge, not a policeman, mm-hmm. you need to speak with Monsieur Roy, and you know, she's really between a rock and a hard place. She yeah, knows she, she needs to tell the, her management, but the fact that Breckman was a valued guest, very difficult for her to tell him
0: uh-huh.
1: um, and then you know she was also she kept thinking about what she saw in the room and if it wasn't a reproduction why why did she have or if it was only a reproduction why did she handle it with white gloves um, you know she's wondering if this is really just a test yeah. and you know, as she was contemplating all this, and really her nerves were getting the best of her, there was a loud bang behind her, and she whirled around, hands lifted, ready to fight. I mean, she was startled, and it was only one of the kitchen staff that came outside um, just to have a smoke. And she was very frazzled. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> she just just smiled and said, "I oh, know I'm just going to head back in." trying to be calm and cool and collected right she was nervous (laughs) she was nervous
0: and it's just so and with all those nerves going on she's trying to think of who she should talk to and uh, you know she realizes that the person she needs to talk to is the last person she wants to talk to
1: exactly exactly I mean she was so stressed out by how this I mean it seems like when I was reading the scene it was like very intense like you could Mm -hmm. tell it was really building um, the tension and the character was building and you kind of were wondering what is going to happen next, and if she is really facing a crisis situation.
0: Yeah. yeah. So. so, she she opens up her phone again, and she's like uh, dials this number, and on the other end she hears my bell. <laughs> I kept thinking of my <laughs> bell, but your mom bell or whatever. But anyway. <laughs> uh,
1: and then he's like, I he, love it. Yeah.
0: So it's a it's a awfully tough when you've got to talk to somebody that you've been had. A relationship with whether it was last week or two years ago, it and you gotta contact that person. It can get kinda 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 tricky. At least I've tricky
1: it could be a little bit awkward. Yeah, a little um. <laughs> 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 And it can be that can also be a little nerve wracking and hey, especially listen. depending on how things ended, right?
0: Oh yeah. I can remember the the first time I saw a guy a boyfriend that i had after i would graduated from high school that we had broken up and i saw him i don't know probably about a year later and i'd had no contact with him whatsoever and he broke up with me and yeah you you know it it was a painful breakup on my end and i saw him and i just wanted to get out of there as fast Mm -hmm. as i could and we were in a grocery store, and he was like, we were both at checkouts, and he was like, two checkouts over from me. And I just, and I, you know, I, I just couldn't look, he looked at me, and I'm like, I just couldn't look at him, I couldn't say anything. It was the, it was the worst ex- feeling in the world, and I I don't remember leaving the grocery store as fast as I did that day.
1: Oh, I believe it. I <laughs> totally believe it. It's oh, Especially when, especially when you're young. Yeah, And it's yeah. so it, fresh and intense. And it's the
0: first big breakup, you know. Mhm. Yeah, you know, we all broke oh, up yeah. with somebody or they we broke up with them, but it's like, ugh. anyway.
1: It's never so, easy.
0: It's never easy. So she's uh he's asking Cassie uh where she was and if she was hurt because of the way she was sounding. And she said no that she'd finished her shift, but, she but she's confused if she should say anything or not. So uh, Luke looks. She looks around. She sees uh, that she's alone, and, and he was concerned for him, wanted to know what was wrong, and she could barely answer. So he asked if he was. She was still working at the Hotel Vitois, and it seems like he's been checking up on her.
1: Mm hmm. hmm. As he would be let, apt to do.
0: Exactly. Mm
1: hmm.
0: And uh, she's. Like, she's like well how did you know where I worked and he says well that he had had drinks with Eve and Veronica the other night and uh what might might be nothing and and so you know he's checking up on her so mm-hmm. she gets flustered at the thought and she she just so she draws up her courage so she decides to tell him about the about the painting and uh she said that you know I think one of the guests had a piece of stolen art in his room, and he wants to know where. And in the meantime, he, you can hear in the background he's like walking around, closing doors, whatever.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: uh, he asked her from where, and she said it was from the Musée des Moderne. Modernes. And he's asking, "What do you? Th- why do you think it was stolen?" And she says, "I think it was the Matisse."
1: Oh my word. Uh,
0: yeah, and you know, it's like none of those paintings have surfaced, is she sure? And she says, No, no, she's not but the guest covered it up and it wasn't in a frame and it it was just canvas on top of a table and he had handled it with white gloves. So just for the heck of it, I decided to look up do my research, I I guess
1: as as our program. Yeah, did. just like Cassie did.
0: Yes. Um, you know, the other day I'm sitting with my phone on Google, looking up this Matisse painting, and it was La Pastorelle. La Pastorelle, I'm sorry, and it was stolen in May on May 19th in 2010, around seven o'clock in the morning. And a news article that I saw on the, from the Guardian, and I saw another one from another UK paper as well, said that the um, at the uh, museum the Three, three security guards at the museum didn't hear anything. There was a window that was open, and that's how the um, they the, and it was one thief got in mm-hmm. and out because I think they had a close circuit of him cutting the paintings out of the frames. They couldn't get the face or anything, but they, they got that. Oh, um, no there were the other paintings that were stolen. There was the olive tree near Aztec by George uh, Baroque. A Woman mm-hmm. with a Fan by Amadeo Magdalini. A Still Life with Chandeliers by Ferdinand Leger, And Pigeon with Green Peas by Pablo Picasso. None of those paintings have been found since. Uh, so Luke reminds her that of that, and she wasn't sure, but he handled the paintings with white gloves, and you know she thought that maybe, um, and that the paintings had had been cut from their frames and well you know so he's asking her what the guest's name was
1: and i have to say whenever i whenever we're talking about art theft and when we're talking about paintings being cut out um which is just horrible i mean just the thought of it's just Mm -hmm. so horrible and atrocious that people would would steal uh, treasures like that and and cut them from frames i just it's, it's very barbaric, but I do yes. think of the Thomas Crown Affair, that movie. I don't know if any of you have seen that. Which with one? Pierce the new one or the Pierce Brosnan well, or the other the, one? The, the remake. I mean, the old one's great, too. Mm-hmm. I've seen clips of the old one. I haven't seen that all the way through. But I always think about, I just thought that was so clever, the way they constructed that movie. And it always makes me think of, mm-hmm. of those scenes um, when we do it. Um, you know, so back there, um, you know, paintings were cut from the frames, and you know, Akashi went from there and answered Luke's question. What's the name of the guest? And she she told him it's Pierre Breckman from Monaco. Um, he's been a guest at the Victoire. Thirty eight, wealthy businessman. Not sure of what kind of business he's in. Um, because you know luke wants to know everything about him everything she knows luke wants to know she mentions that he comes to paris several times a year um that he was involved with Rain there until recently and that he deals exclusively with marcel the senior concierge and then of course the follow-up question is what does marcel do for him and you know she answers in, in uh, you know, very typical concierge duties, you know, football tickets, dinner reservations, shopping. Um, and then she said, the guest mentioned a meeting Marcel was supposed to set up, but before the guest arrived, Marcel was attacked. And that had Luke stopped. <laughs> uh-huh. And he's like, what? <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, he was shocked. Um, and he wanted to know about the attack. And he asked her, uh, And she was very point blank. She was very uh, matter of fact and said, Marcel was attacked a few nights ago while he was walking to his motorcycle. And he currently is in a coma. And the police thought it was a mugging. And, of course, Luke's, uh, you could hear his background noise. The chair was rolling and striking something solid. And you could tell Luke was a bit upset as uh, he said, you could have called me. And uh, you know, she was more or less, why Why didn't you? And she said, why would I call you? I, we, The police was telling us that Marcel was mugged. And of course Luke was puffing his chest about being a member of the BRB. Uh-huh. And uh, that's why Acacia called him about the painting mm-hmm. and you know Pam did some good research on the BRB or the Brigade de Repression de Banditisme I think so yeah <laughs> um, it's a, I should have I should have listened to the pronunciation uh, it's a special police force in France it's part of the Department of the Interior an organized crime unit and, you know, more uh, highly publicized crimes that they've dealt with recently had been the investigation of the Kim Kardashian robbery. Uh, they helped to indict Oliver Thomas because of the two stolen paintings from Cross's granddaughter, among others. So they do um, have that expertise in art theft and that is their particular forte. Mm-hmm. And Luke had questioned her about the mugging asking if it happened just before the guest and after the painting arrived um and you know because art thefts were part of their jurisdiction he wanted to know everything and he's like the the, you know it's usually um, muggings don't result in comas and uh cassia continued to hear his quick footsteps and I think that's when she kind of realized maybe I shouldn't. have, yeah, maybe I think I shouldn't so. have sounded in the sound of the alarm um, because she said I'm not your problem anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, So he's, you know, he's still pressing her on details. And he asked how the guests reacted and if they had touched her or threatened her. Mm-hmm. And she said, you know, he no, uh, but he implied that she should keep her mouth shut. He he didn't say, um, he didn't say anything specific, but he said that her discretion would be rewarded, and then he had someone escort her to the hall. And you know, Luke was very concerned that they would have hurt her, touched her, threatened her, and uh, at that point, Luke wanted to get a sense of where she was currently and if she was alone, and. <clears throat> She had said, yes, she is. The shift is over. And, you know, she was hiding in the back hall near the kitchen. And that's when he was very directive and told her, look, I don't want you to be alone. Um, Go sit at the bar, order a drink. And uh, that's where you can tell. And I I kind of have a little crush on Luke, I have to say, because, (laughs) I mean, obviously he's doing his job. But you can tell he's. And, I, and as, as I admit, and I'm sorry Betty couldn't join us today, this is not to the epic love level of uh, Betty, oh, and, Betty her and her Paul. beloved Paul. <laughs> but I do have a little crush on Luke um, because he is incredibly caring mm-hmm. about Acacia, very protective. Um, and you can tell that through his line of questioning. You can tell he's still smitten with her. And I just from his... Reaction and responses to her. Mm. Um, and I find that endearing. Yeah, it is endearing. So, um, so, so little a little crush. A little crush. <laughs> just, a, just a wee bit. <laughs> yes. Even though I'm sure at this point uh, Acacia is thinking, maybe I shouldn't have called him because he's getting pretty serious about this and pretty worked up.
0: Sort of like my little crush on Richard Clark.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes.
1: We still will find him, Pam. We still have to go
0: back to Seal and yeah, him. Yeah, we do. We do. We didn't see him on campus that day, so we'll we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> so, so Cassie is now telling Luke. She's like, "I've got to tell my manager what's going on," and uh, he said, "Luke is saying, telling her that that's fine. That there's that he's sending agents over to the hotel, yeah. and no one was to approach the guest unless he's getting ready to leave," and. Yeah, she's she's like really horrified now, and
1: oh, I'm sure. You know, I mean, I'm sure she's thinking all the warnings that he had, how valuable of a guest he is, and Mm -hmm. they're sending police after him. I mean, oh my gosh! Right,
0: And you know, so she's like, "Why did I make this phone call?" I bet any amount of money that was running through Mm -hmm. her mind in the background.
1: Mm -hmm. So,
0: so she's, you know, she's surprised that the agents are being sent, and that she just wanted to talk to him that maybe he could make you know make sense of what might be going on too but being brb he's not going to just let it go so uh luke asked if she she had seen the guest and she said that he had had been there about 20 minutes ago and you know she he said you know art thieves like muggers are petty opportunists but um buyers of stolen art can be can be really really dangerous that's one of the reasons why he wanted to make sure she was in some place public like the lounge you know in the bar and stuff like that and uh so she's asking if she can see other people she said yes that she was entering the lobby and she was heading to the night manager's office and he luke also asked her if anyone else had been connected to the hotel um as a victim of the crime recently or had an had an accident and she wasn't aware of anything um, that, and he also asked her if there was a uh, security detail with Monsieur Breckman and she said yes. He had a large security detail with him, and they were armed. There were about six guys and they had handguns. Um, so Luke told her to go to the manager's office or to stay in the bar, which she did and she said, you know, you, you don't have to do this. He stayed there, he was getting in his car and then he disconnected the phone. And oh that's my gosh! where <laughs> she's left. She's like, Oh now you now now the whole deed is done. There's nothing else she can do about that.
1: Right. The die is cast. Mm-hmm. Hi, Kev. There's no turning back. Kev.
0: Yeah, there's no turning back now. I mean, I you know, I I can't imagine what it would be like to be in that situation. Um, you know, just all of a sudden twenty questions of you know, with, with a robbery going on or anything like that. I mean, the, the closest I ever came to anything like that was, oh God, years ago, I was, I was shopping with two co workers We'd gone to a mall or, mm-hmm. or like a shopping center. And um, we got out of our car, we walked to a pizza shop, had lunch, we were going over to this other um, store, walking along the sidewalk. And this man is like telling us to, to, to move, to go, Oh, not on the sidewalk and we're not paying attention he's like go go and we walk around and here he's an undercover cop and he's in his car and there are cops all over the parking lot in different sections because apparently the bank that we were just about to walk in front of had was being robbed and oh my god it wasn't until we got on the other side of the cars where the um some of the policemen had these long rifles that you know like between like you see on tv sometimes like between the car doors and on top of the roof and stuff Mm -hmm. and they were just I mean they literally had like this half circle of um police cars in the parking lot that were behind other cars and all over the place and we were like oh this is interesting (laughs) I think we left rather quickly
1: I would say I would try and get out of that situation as soon as possible. yeah, um, and it's good to see you cause I'm no worries about being late. I'm glad you had a chance to sleep in, and I hope you slept well,
0: yeah, really.
1: Um I was wondering when when you know when she called him, I, she was upset though, so she didn't really have a time to kind of think about it. I think if she would have called him without sounding so affected she could have had possibly given him a you know almost like a what if scenario Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. you know not couch it like she saw something but what happens if I would see something because I don't know if it was almost like if he's a BRB if you tell him something that's like a mandatory if he knows it it's mandatory that he investigates it and you know it's almost like a mandatory reporting situation. So yeah, I think. Um, I th- and yes, I agree. Pa- Pam has the most amazing stories because I think that's why she should write a book. But <laughs> oh God, I'm not a writer. I know.
0: <laughs> um, I say it every
1: time, Pam. I, 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 say it I every know. Time.
0: Betty does too. <laughs> <Others>. <laughs> um, yeah. Now I just I. You know that that situation. It's just something I walk. We walked into. It was my friend, uh, Liz, uh, Liz, and Rose, and myself. But um, you know, there after nine eleven in particular, and living in New York, you saw the signs on the subways, on the trains, platforms, all all over the place. If you see something, say something. Right. And you know, it's one thing to say okay and call. A policeman, um, over or what have you, but it's another thing entirely to, uh, you know, actually be involved in something and 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 see it. I mean, you, you, I the only other time we came came close to the see something, say something, was in Washington. Somebody had left their backpack outside one of the Smithsonian museums, oh, yeah. and it was so close to. 9/11 that it was, um, you know, it was like, what do you do? And so we just went in and t- into the museum and told the security guard at the desk. It was my sister and I that went in because you don't know. And at that right. time, you know, you didn't. It was it was kind of scary on, on yeah. a lot of instances. Turned out to be nothing, but still, you you know, you don't know.
1: Well, it's better safe. It's better mm-hmm. to be safe and check something mm-hmm. uh, instead of let it. Go and then find out you should have reported. Right. So and I so it makes sense to me. Reading it, it even though I know Acacia felt like it was jumping the gun, for him to mm-hmm. mobilize a whole team of police to come in. You know but what I, if it would you know what if it is indeed the stolen artwork?
0: But the other thing you know? is too is you didn't re- you don't realize what it is. And you know she's she's not realizing that yeah Lucas the reason you know Luke is in the BRB and she's calling him to for information Mm -hmm. but she doesn't realize that because he's BRB that he's going to do act on it too.
1: Well, and I think too, I mean maybe she was surprised because this did surprise me, but I guess this goes to following every lead that. She was clear that she was not certain. Uh-huh. You know, it wasn't that 100% certainty that this is what she saw. hmm uh-huh. So, and I think maybe that's why she was thinking, why is he doing this if I'm not sure? Right, right. And Or is it just to impress her, you know?
0: And Kez is saying it, Acacia said, did the right thing, so.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And she did, so. He was listening to her inner voice. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh-huh. Her inner, inner <laughs> her inner goddess. Her, As some her inner
1: goddess.
0: Her inner
1: moral compass. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Lorraine agrees with Kez. I do too.
0: So, I really do. I do.
1: So, so, at this point, we will have to wait until our next chapter next week, chapter eight. See,
0: yeah, see what's going on with that one now,
1: and see what happens yeah i mean this is definitely a cliffhanger of uh pretty good proportions F- mm-hmm. sr does tend to write them i'm thankful he doesn't do this at an end of the book because <laughs> um, i don't think i could take it uh some are some of the authors do out there and- they
0: do i i can attest to when i first read 50 shades of gray mm-hmm. this the, i didn't realize it was a series
1: oh my gosh and I
0: read the 50 shades of gray book and I was like it can't end this way it just can't end this way exactly and exactly I I was looking at something on the internet and I happened to come across the fact that it's series (laughs) so I was like oh (laughs) so I I I quick I get on my I get on the on my uh, computer and I'm going to Amazon I'm like you know looking at the book and because I I didn't it was so close to when I bought the book from the local bookstore. I didn't mm-hmm. want them to think I was like this horny middle-aged woman buying
1: books like this. So,
0: <laughs> so I bought the second one through Amazon. And in the meantime, you while I waited the for street. the... Yeah, so while well, uh, well, the second uh, book was being delivered for by Amazon, I reread the first one and then, and then bought the third one at the uh, local bookstore. So... <laughs>
1: I love it. Well, yeah. Lorraine said she couldn't take it either, having the cliffhangers, yeah. and Kez said 50 was a great cliffhanger. Very yeah. true. It was. It was. Very true. I'm I'm trying to remember now, if I read it, if the second book was already out by the time I read it, and I am trying to recall that, and I can't seem to recall. If A, a lot of times I will wait, if I know it's a series, I will wait uh. until... They write them all. <laughs> well,
0: I I, I, she published in 2011, and I and I didn't actually start reading it until 2012, and it was um, after my uncle passed away because I was his caretaker. He had cancer, bladder cancer. Mm-hmm. So I really, you know, my my time. Uh, for You're the, right. Good you know, part of the you know, six Pam, months. I read it. it was...
1: You are correct. I, that's actually about the time when I was reading it yeah. too.
0: So and then I happened to see Katie Couric uh, interviewed E.L. James
1: mm-hmm.
0: one day, and I was like, "Yeah, you know what? I got to go get these books. I got to check this out <laughs> because there was oh, so yeah. much talk about." It so yeah so and
1: anyway. and Lorraine said uh, Lorraine says she also waits until a whole series is complete. I do that usually, not always. Like obviously with senior mm-hmm. I'm not uh, because the Man in the Black Suit maybe is independent of solo volume, but sometimes the author thinks it's just going to be one book and then they add more. So, but I do find if I learning about other authors or getting recommendations from readers, I often get a lot of good book recommendations from people in the SR universe. Mm -hmm. Uh, Susie always has good books. Kez always has good recommendations. Mm -hmm. Uh, Samia, I mean, everybody posts something they read. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times, if I can, I'll try and pick up the whole series and just go through it. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sometimes it's really easier like that it. way, too. Mm-hmm. It is. And, and you know, it's it goes back to my point that I mentioned earlier. And I know, Kez you probably didn't hear this when uh, I was mentioning it. But a lot of times I like to become eng- engulfed in the whole world of the character and uh, like to just read that book. So I'm, I'm in that character's world. <laughs> world uh, mm-hmm. during that period of time and Joni also didn't read 50 shades until 2012 either um she didn't remember waiting mm-hmm. um and she loves them well i didn't so start
0: i didn't start the gabriel series um until uh i think it was i know the, all three gabriel books had come out Mm -hmm. and what got me started with with reading sr's books was i erica had posted something on her website which was a collaboration with sr about him taking her to florence yes and that's when he was pinpointing william the sinister background in 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 this little thing that they did and Mm -hmm. um so i was like oh you know that's pretty good and i got the prince I downloaded the prints, and then I'm like, oh, I like this. So then I went back, and I'm looking, and was, all these, the Gabriel series was out. So that's when I, I picked up the Gabriel series and read that. And then not long after that, the Raven came out, and Shadow, and down the line. So, yeah, so it's, you know, it's, it's, it was, it's fascinating. And then, you know, through other people, through, through the reading groups, I've, that's when I've d- discovered other people, too. Like, through Samion, through Kaz and and also, yeah.
1: And Lorraine just said that Bella Andre, the Maverick Billionaire's last book, is out on the 25th. She just started the series last week, and it's great. Thanks for the recommendation, Lorraine. Yes. I will have to add that to my to be read uh, TBR, as they say in the, in the, as, book, the sp- book world. To speaking, be read. Of
0: TBR, speaking of TBR, uh, Jennifer Locklear's book, Chaos, is going to be, I think, coming out in May.
1: I believe it is May. mm I
0: think she's she's uh, finished the final edits, from what I understand. So, looking forward to reading that. Picking up where Jack and uh, and all pick up, you know, left off. Which I can't wait. Mm -hmm. I can't
1: wait. I can't wait to read that. I liked I liked that character uh, interaction between Jack and Kathleen very much. Yes. So. (laughs) And Lorraine said her TBR list is never ending. (laughs) Yes. I think we all agree on that. True. Uh, um, At this point in the podcast, we usually talk about any affirmations that people forward um, to us. I didn't actually I should double check, but I, I didn't see any new ones this week. But I did want to have a special affirmation uh, for being thankful for my dear friend who passed away on Easter Sunday. Uh, Her name was Jo Ellen Hoffman. She was artistic director at the Harrisburg Academy of Dance. And I am very grateful that I had the opportunity to be her friend and Mm -hmm. to be her student and to perform her beautiful choreography. And to witness how one person can make a very lasting um, contribution to a community. So I'm very sorry that uh, she's no longer with us in physical form, but her spirit and her vision and her legacy live on. That's
0: that's wonderful. And yeah. um, I, my special thanks this week. You know, my birthday was Sunday, and um, I you know the nice shout out from SR last week was 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 very nice and I had my I have my granddaughter with me which was has been a lot of fun although I am ready for her to go home <laughs> I am thankful <laughs> for that
1: <laughs> um, and, and are you taking or uh, will you be taking her home uh, uh, yes. is she uh, okay <laughs> so you have a trip up to the big city soon
0: oh uh, yes and I'm very mm-hmm. thankful that um Ticketmaster's Verified Fan Program works. I uh, am seeing Bruce Springsteen on July 14 thirteenth, thirteenth exciting or 14th, uh, on Broadway. So I'm very excited about that, and uh, very thankful that I'm able to do that. So
1: that's a very nice birthday gift to yourself. Yes. I have to say, yes. that was that's a good one. That's yes. a good one. And nice. and Kev says, "Yay for chaos!" Very excited mm-hmm. for that one. And we are, and she said, sorry for my loss, You're and lost. thank you for that, Kez. And she said, that's a wonderful affirmation. And then Lorraine laughed, I'm sure, about your uh, your granddaughter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Kez well, said, uh, that will be awesome, Pam, yeah, and man. I agree. I cannot wait till the podcast after that comes Oh, my God. And then I'm also
0: very <laughs> thankful for one other, uh, my neighbor up the street, Phil, he's uh very beautiful person and you know he's 94 years old he'll be 95 in November and he still paints every day and uh, I'm he gave me a painting this weekend and it just it just blew Mm. me away and uh, so I'm very thankful that I have him around he's he's taught me so much about art and how to look at paintings and um, how to appreciate the the shadows and the and the light and the way composition is is set up. So, I you know that to me is a blessing in and of itself. So,
1: and I think that's beautiful. Anyway. And and, uh, Lauren had said yes. Pam already has her bags packed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <laughs> looking I for a hate.
0: hotel room real cheap for one night. You know,
1: because I could and I could ca-
0: go back and forth, but it's a long drive in the middle of the night
1: yes i i agree i i agree i've i've i think i may have done that before up and back to new york but i've definitely done it for a day but um, i do
0: it every other weekend (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: twice Uh, i (laughs) know twice it's it's old house but you're Uh, gonna be you're gonna want to relax after seeing that show it's gonna be really good yeah yeah lorraine said that's so cool pam i agree cannot wait
0: so we will be back next wednesday
1: yes wednesday the 11th
0: monday the 11th and we will be going over chapter eight and we will also be doing our next friday night podcast on the 13th friday the 13th so and that'll be at 9 p.m new york time so we look forward to seeing you all again next week and we hope you have a good week And I have to go break up a fight.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Never a dull moment. Never a dull moment when there's a six-year-old now. So (laughs) anyway. All right. Well, it's good seeing all of you. I hope you all have a wonderful week. Um, Hopefully the weather will be better for everybody and that you have a very restful uh, rest of the week with your family and your friends.
0: You too, and and uh, good luck with the funeral and everything tomorrow. So, thank you. I'm gonna leave you with a uh, song by actually by Phil's nephew Gilbert Montagne, and and the song is "On Vier Samir." Have a good week, and we'll see you then.